Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the end from the beginning as we pick up in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. There is no religious system outside... Well, there just is no religious system, really, that has been predicated upon the ability of God to declare from the beginning what the end of the matter or a situation is going to be. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. At that time of Isaiah's writing, there were prophecies that still had not been fulfilled saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do my pleasure. So God has already established what shall be that cannot change. God said, I will do my pleasure. Calling, and now he refers back to chapter 45 where he said that Cyrus, the king of the Medo-Persians, would be his instrument in releasing the children of Israel from their Babylonian captivity. Now, that's 150 years before Cyrus was born. That's why God is declaring this. Hey, I, there's no God like me. I'm declaring you before it happens what's going to happen. I, I'm naming the fellow before he is ever born. He doesn't know me, but I'm calling him by his name, and his name is Cyrus. And he's going to allow you to be released from your captivity. And so referring back to that prophecy of Cyrus, he said, calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executes my counsel from a far country, yea, I have spoken it and I will also bring it to pass. I've purposed it and also I will do it. Now you go ahead and read the history and you'll find that God did do it. He purposed it. He did do it. And Cyrus was the name of the Medo-Persian king that gave the decree that the children of Israel might return from their captivity in Babylon, giving unto the children of Israel that permission to go back and to rebuild the temple. Hearken unto me, ye stout-hearted, that are far from righteousness. I bring near my righteousness. It shall not be far off, and my salvation shall not tarry. I will place salvation in Zion for Israel, my glory. And so God promises that their salvation, their righteousness, will be placed in Zion. Now in chapter 47, God speaks of the judgment that is going to come against Babylon. Now this is before Babylon ever conquered them. But God has declared that Babylon shall conquer them. But because of the treatment that Babylon gives to the people of God, she herself, though used as an instrument of God in judgment against his people, will also be brought into judgment by God. Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground. There is no throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called tender and delicate. Take the millstones and grind meal, uncover thy locks and make bare the leg, uncover the thigh, 
pass over the rivers, for thy nakedness shall be uncovered, yea, thy shame shall be seen, and I will take vengeance, and I will not meet thee as a man. He's going to meet them as a God in judgment. As for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. Sit thou silent and get thee into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called the Lady of Kingdoms. For I was wroth with my people, and I have polluted mine inheritance and given them into your hand. But you did not show them mercy upon the ancient, that is, the very old men. You have laid a very heavy yoke. So the Babylonians were not really kind to their captives. They were very hard on uh, the people of Israel when they took them captives. And even upon the old men, they laid very heavy burdens, made them bond slaves, and made them work hard. And so because of their treatment, he said, you have said I will be a lady forever, so that you did not lay these things to your heart, neither did you remember the latter end of it. Therefore hear now this, Thou that are given to pleasures, that dwell carelessly, that say in your heart, I am and none else beside me. I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. These two things will come upon thee in a moment, in one day, the loss of children and widowhood. They shall come upon thee in their perfection for the multitude of your sorceries and for the great abundance of your enchantments. For you have trusted in your wickedness and you have said, none seeth me. Now God speaks of the judgment that is going to come against Babylon because of their treatment of his people. You remember Jesus spoke when he returns to the earth. He said, then will I gather together the nations for judgment. And I will separate them as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goat. And to those on the right hand, I will say, Come, you blessed of the Father, inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you from the foundations of the earth. For I was hungry, you fed me, thirsty, and you gave me to drink, and so forth. Lord, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty? Inasmuch as you did it unto my brethren, the least of my brethren, you did it to me. And so the nations will be judged for their treatment of God's people, the Jew. Be careful about speaking against the Jew. For God has chosen them, and God has said, I will bless those that bless thee and curse those that curse thee. To those on his left, he's, he's said, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, into everlasting judgment that was prepared for Satan and his angels. For I was hungry, and you did not feed me, thirsty, and you did not give me to drink, naked, and you did not clothe me, in prison, and you did not visit me. Lord, when did we see you and not help you out? Inasmuch as you did it not to the least of these, my brethren, you did it not to me. Now here, because of the ill treatment of his people, though God was angry with the Jews and had a cause against them, because they had polluted the name of God by their false worship. Yet, though he gave them over into the hand of the Babylonians, they did not show them mercy. And thus God's judgment and heavy hand. Now, one of the things the Babylonians were saying, notice here, is that our kingdom is going to last. 
I will be a lady forever. The Babylonian kingdom will endure forever. We will never be widows. We will never lose our children. Our husbands will never be slain in battle. And we'll never have to face widowhood. And God said, you've said these things and you've lived in pleasure and you've lived carelessly. But in a moment, in one night, you're going to be both the loss of children and become widows. Now, you remember when Nebuchadnezzar had this dream that troubled him. He could not remember the dream. He felt it had significance, and so they called in all the wise men, astrologers, soothsayers, and so forth to interpret for him the dream. These astrologers were very active in Babylon at that time. In fact, we get a little kick against them down in verse 13. Astrology was a very popular thing. They had those that could tell your horoscope and tell you when to do what according to the influence of the stars upon your lives. And finally, Daniel was brought in. And Daniel said to him, Now the other night before you went to sleep, in your mind you were wondering, what is going to happen to my great kingdom and what is going to happen to the world? And so the God who dwells in heaven has shown unto thee what is going to happen to your kingdom and what is going to happen to the world. For in your dream, you saw this great image. It had a head of gold, chest of silver, stomach of brass, legs of iron, feet of iron and clay with ten toes. And as you watched this great image, there came a rock not cut with hands. It hit the image in its feet and the whole image fell. It crumbled and there grew from the rock. The rock grew into a mountain that covered the whole earth. He said, God has shown to you the kingdoms that are going to rule over the earth. And you, Nebuchadnezzar, are the head of gold. But your kingdom is going to be replaced by an inferior kingdom as silver is inferior to gold. That kingdom will be replaced by a yet inferior kingdom, the stomach of brass, as brass is inferior to silver. And that will be replaced by iron, which is hard and stamps everything to pieces. And the final kingdom will be of ten kings as iron and clay are mixed together. It will not have the power of the iron, but they will be mixed together. And it is during the time of these ten kings that the Lord of heaven shall come and set up a kingdom that shall never end. Nebuchadnezzar said, I proclaim that there is no God in all the earth like the God of Daniel that is able to reveal dreams and secrets and tell things that are going to be. Acknowledge God, but turn right around, and he commanded that they build a huge idol, 90 feet tall, of all gold. Now, that huge idol of all gold was a direct defiance to what God had just declared. Now, there are a lot of people who proclaim, well, there's no God like the God of heaven, and then they go do their own thing, or they defy him. And he was defying God 
with this huge idol. And as Isaiah declared here, their attitude is Babylon will live forever. Babylon will never be destroyed. Babylon will never be conquered. It's the eternal kingdom. It'll rule forever. But the prophecy is here is in a moment, in a day, the kingdom will fall. And Babylon fell in one night. As Daniel came in before Belshazzar and interpreted to him the writing that was on the wall, Meeny, meeny, tekel yufarsin, for your kingdom has been weighed in the balances, you're found wanting, and this night thy soul shall be taken from thee, and your kingdom will be divided among the Medes and the Persians. This night and that night, Cyrus, the king of Persia, came under the walls of Babylon where they had diverted the river Euphrates up into the city, and that night, Belshazzar and all of his lords were slain. Now, Isaiah here is, is talking 150 years before the King Cyrus was born. He's talking really well in advance of the attitude that would prevail in Babylon, declaring that they would not have mercy on the people of God, thus Babylon was to be judged. And in a moment, in one day, they would experience the loss of their children and widowhood. For they shall come upon thee, the Lord said, verse 9, in their perfection for the multitude of your sorceries and for the great abundance of your enchantments. For you have trusted in your wickedness and none you have said, no one sees me. So many times we think that our sin is done in secret. We say, nobody sees me. But uh, when Nebuchadnezzar was walking through the gardens, he heard a voice, and it said, The watchers have been watching you, and you've not been behaving yourself, and you're going to get cut off. And he came to Daniel, he said, oh, What's this all about? And he says, Walk carefully, O king, you're in a bad way. Because of the pride of your heart, you've exalted yourself against God. You see, he made this golden idol. He was defying God. He was lifted up with pride. And so he said, walk softly before the Lord that you might continue your days upon the earth. And for a year, he behaved himself. And he walked softly. But at the end of the year, as he was walking through the hanging gardens, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, he said, is this not the great Babylon that I have built? And he heard that voice, for the watchers were still watching. And they declared, because you have been lifted up in pride, you are going to be driven forth with a wild beast for seven seasons until you know that the God in heaven rules over the earth and he sets into the kingdoms those whom he will. And Nebuchadnezzar went insane and lived with the animals out in the field like a wild beast until his hair grew like feathers and his nails grew like claws until seven seasons had passed over him until he knew that the Lord of heaven reigned over the earth and set up the kingdoms and set on the kingdoms those whom he would. You say none sees, but there are watchers, <laughs> and God sees. 
thy wisdom and thy knowledge, it hath perverted thee. You've said in your heart, I am and there is no one besides me, beside me. Therefore shall evil come upon thee. Thou shalt not know from whence it rises. And mischief shall fall on thee and thou shalt not be able to put it off. And desolation shall come upon you suddenly, which you will not know. Stand now with your enchantments and with the multitude of your sorceries wherein you have labored from your youth. If so be that thou shalt be able to profit, if so be that you may prevail. For thou art wearied in the multitude of, their, of thy counsels. Now you remember, O Nebuchadnezzar, calling the counselors, the wise men, soothsayers, astrologers, and so forth. And here again, let now the astrologers and the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators, stand up and save thee from these things that shall come upon thee. I am really amazed in a world of science in which we live, where we have made such positive scientific advancement, and we've come to know so much about the universe in which we live. I am amazed that in this world of modern technology, that most of the newspapers publish a daily horoscope, which is superstition and comes from the ancient religions in Babylon. The charting of a person's life, the monthly prognosticating of a person's highs and lows and positive signs and so forth, all has superstitious origin as though the stars and the position of the stars have some kind of a mystic influence over our lives. And people seek to govern their activities by uh, the position of the stars in heaven. How ridiculous can you be? And yet people have to believe in something and it is amazing the foolish things that people believe in when they've rejected the truth of God. You see, the Bible declares that professing themselves to be wise, they've become fools. The minute you rule God out of your life, you are open and susceptible to every foolish thing. And men can believe the most stupid things when they once reject God. For the Bible speaks that God will give them over to a delusion that they may believe a lie rather than the truth. You don't want to believe in God? All right, Mr. Wise Guy. We'll show you how wise you are. And God lets people believe in such stupid, foolish, ridiculous things once they've rejected him. And I look at these well, what can you say? <laughs> that won't get you into trouble. These professed wise people, and I, I read of some of their actions and activities and all, and I think, and they are supposed to be so smart. But it's because once you have put God out of your life, you are open and susceptible to every kind of gimmick 
religious or otherwise. And so people are looking into psychic phenomena and into the occult and so forth. Having rejected God, they're open, they're susceptible to anything. And they're gullible, ready to believe anything. And professing themselves to be wise, God has allowed them to become fools for their foolish minds are darkened. And because they do not want to retain God in their minds, God gives them over to minds that are reprobate and void of God so that men end up in the pit. Behold, they shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They will not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There shall not be a coal to warm at, nor fire to sit before it. Thus shall they be unto thee with whom you have labored, even your merchants from your youth. They shall wander every one to his quarter, none shall save thee. All of these wise men and astrologers, they won't be able to save themselves, much less you. We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Isaiah on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Isaiah 46 through 47 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless you and keep His hand upon your life. And may He help you to walk in all righteousness and holiness. For he is Jehovah, our God, and he is a holy God, and he wants his people to be a holy people. That the name of the Lord would not be blasphemed by my actions, but that people in seeing my good works will glorify our Father who is in heaven. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. The Word for Today would like to invite you to come along on a revolutionary study of the Bible as we introduce Pastor Chuck's Genesis commentary in an ebook format. 
Not only will you have Pastor Chuck's in-depth commentary, this ebook allows access to enhanced research studies by honored Christian scholars instantly. Features include Hebrew and Greek word definitions, as well as images of historical maps and places just by clicking or touching your screen. An online dictionary, plus highlighting, note-taking, and bookmarking. And everywhere Pastor Chuck shares what he learned or studied something, you now have access to those very same notes. So get ready to study the Bible in a whole new way. Now you don't have to imagine what it was like to be there. This is the next best thing. To find out how to download Pastor Chuck's Genesis commentary to your electronic device, please call The Word for Today at 800-272-9673. Or to watch a video demonstration, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.